good morning. Welcome to April the 12th, 6.30, Sunrise Service, Easter 2020. Wow, what a year. But I'm going to pause for a second, just listen to the birds. Let he who hath breath praise the Lord. Yes, it has been an unusual year this year. But you know, birds are still chirping. Sun will be coming up in about, oh, 25 minutes. Now, it's cloudy here in North Carolina. May or may not get to see a sunrise. Well, at least here in Mount Holly, North Carolina. But above the clouds, the sun will always be there. And above your problems, the Son of God will always be there. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this morning. Our most kind and gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you this day, Lord. We thank you for your many blessings upon our life, Lord, for allowing us the opportunity, Lord, to stand and give your word, Lord, no matter where it is, no matter how many or how few. Lord, we ask that you'll bless, that you'll touch, that if any, Lord, if any is watching, or Lord, those that will watch later on this morning, or later on, Lord, I ask that you'll bless and that you'll move, that you'll stretch forth your hand here this day, God. Lord, that you'll stretch your hand on them, Lord, that you'll move on their, their needs, Lord, you know them, you know what their needs are, you know, Lord, more than any, you know more than they do, God. Lord, let this Easter sunrise be a new beginning for some. Let this Easter sunrise be a new birth for some, Lord. Let some that do not know you cry out forgiveness, to cry out salvation, Lord, to seek your face, Lord. And Lord, we'll be ever so careful to praise, to honor, and to magnify your name here this day. In Jesus' sweet and holy name we pray. Amen. In about 25 minutes, sun's going to be rising. You can already tell it's getting lighter out here. Even though through the clouds, you're going to see the sunshine. But have you ever had a day or a time in your life where you just didn't feel God? This is for the Christians out there. This is for the, the ones that are saved. And we'll talk to those that are not saved here in a moment. But do you ever, did you ever have the feeling that God's forsaken you, that God's left you, that in your time of need, trouble, he couldn't be found? All of us have. I think at one time or another, every Christian has felt like God has forsaken them, that God has left them, that God is no longer around them. Now for the saints, for the Christians, if I will, if you can call them that, this, this is normal. This happens, okay? It's the Spirit crying out, yearning to the Father. But for the sinner, until you come to know Jesus, He's there, he's very real, he's very much, but he's not part of your family. 
So if you want what God has, you have to cry out to Him. You have to ask for His forgiveness. It's that simple. It is that simple. Matthew 27. We're going to look at an individual for a few moments. Now this sunrise service is going to be a little different than what most people have and most people will have, maybe even later on today. Um, I'm going to visit the cross. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm going to visit the cross this morning because that's where salvation was brought. It's without the shedding of blood, there can be no remission of sin. <clears throat> so let's stop at the cross. And right before sunrise, right before Easter sunrise 2020, we'll go to the tomb. So in Matthew 27, verse 46, we're going to be Matthew, Luke, Mark, we're going to be several places in the in the four Gospels. Christ has been nailed to the cross at this time. And, and he's crucified between two thieves, two sinners. The center to the left, center to the right. There's people all around him. His mother, his, some of his disciples, or at least one of his disciples we know of, the, the one that he called the loved, John, he's there. We see all kinds of people. We see you know, the religious, we see the military, we see the law, we see all kinds of people at the cross. And we hear the last words of Jesus written in the scriptures. But we're only going to look at two of those sayings this morning. Matthew 27, verse 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani. That is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Christ had taken sin on him. Like, I put this coat on this morning. I didn't become this coat, but I put this coat on me, taking it on me. And that's what happened with Christ. He he did not become sin. He took sin and placed it on his shoulders. Wore it like a coat, if you will. Who's sin? His? <laughs> no. He was sinless. Our sin. Yours, mine, the people that lived there at the time, the people that's going to live beyond us, the people that lived before us, that sin. The sin of the world. The sin of disobedience. The sin of just being selfish, of being jealous, of prideful, of arrogance. He took those sins on him. And at that point, God did have to look away from his only begotten son because, hey, let's face it, God can't look on sin. Can't, God cannot be where sin is. But at this moment in Jesus' life, he knew he felt that God had forsaken him. Just as sometimes we feel God has forsaken us, Jesus literally felt it. He knew that God the Father, his Father, had to look away from him. 
And in that moment of Christ's anguish and in that moment of Christ's torment, he was all alone. As I said, remember, I told you he was crucified between the center on the left and the center on the right. And there was people all around him. But at this moment, Christ was all by himself. Now, did he stay there? Well, we know he stayed on the cross. But did he stay in that feeling that God had left him and God had forsaken him and, and he was all alone? Well, let's go to Luke chapter 23 real quick, also verse 46. And let's see if Jesus stayed at, at that feeling of desperation, that feeling of loneliness, that feeling of being all by himself. Luke 23 verse 46 says, and when Jesus cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. And having said thus, he gave up the ghost. Now, he was all alone in Matthew 27 and verse 46, but in Luke 23, at the end of the, of the torment, the end of the crucifixion, right before he gave up the ghost. Now, let, let me pause here and say that no one killed Jesus. He gave up the ghost willingly. He died willingly for my sins, for your sins, for all of our sins. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, into thy hands I commend my spirit. He didn't stay at the feeling of loneliness. He didn't stay at the feeling that God had forsaken him because in this verse, just a few verses down from where we had read, yes, it is a different gospel, but just in a few verses down from where we read, just a little bit later, he says, Father, I commend my spirit into thy hand. He knew that God the Father was there. He knew that through it all, God was there. That should teach us something this morning. And I am not, I'm not eloquent enough to tell you the magnification and the, and the beauty of this. But in one moment, Christ believed he was all alone. And yet, in another moment, he's commending his spirit into God's hands. You may get to the feeling, and today may be one of those days, that you get to the feeling where you just feel like you're all by yourself. There's nobody there. But I'm here to tell you, brothers and sisters, that yes, God is there. And God will be there. For especially his Christians, his, his family, his children, he will be there. He will never leave us, nor will he forsake us. As long as we have the blood applied, the shed blood of Jesus Christ on the cross, God will never leave us nor forsake us. Now, we may feel that way, especially in these times that we're living in today with the virus and everything else that's going on. Hey, just yesterday we had a volcano to explode, to start erupting. So we've got problems all over the world. God's still there. God's still on his throne. He's still very much in knowing what his children are going through. He's still very much knowledgeable, and he is still very much in charge. 
So in one minute, we can feel alone. We can feel separated. We can feel dejected. We can feel the loneliness, the pain of the loneliness. We can feel the pain, the physical pain. And I'm going to tell you something that you may not hear many evangelists or preachers tell you. That's okay. It's okay to feel the dejection and the loneliness and the, and the problems and feeling like you're all by yourself. It's okay. It's all right. But what's not all right is to stay there. Because you see, Jesus, well, he could have come off the cross. But he didn't. He stayed on the cross for you and I. And he felt that dejection. He felt that loneliness. He felt that pain. He felt that separation from God. And it's okay. Because just a little bit later, he said, I commend my spirit into thy hands. God, I know you're there. Father, I know you are there. I give you everything. I look to you, the author and the finisher of my faith. And I look to you to get me through this problem. Now, how God's going to get us through these problems that we have, I don't know. He's not revealed that to me. And you know what? I don't, I don't want him to reveal that to me because I'm afraid it actually may scare me. I'm not scared too often. My, my older brother used to, uh, my only brother, someone whom I dearly love, but when we was kids, we, he used to jump out from behind trees and scare me. I'd go screaming, running into the house. Well, he got me used to surprises. He got me used to things unexpectedly happening to me. And I don't get surprised that often anymore. So to this morning, I'd like to thank my oldest brother, my only brother, for getting me ready for what the world had prepared for me. Because you see, nothing takes me by surprise much anymore. Not much. All right, there's a few things. But I don't get scared easily. But I do know what it's like to feel like Christ or God is no longer there. I know what it feels like to feel like you've missed out on what God's called you to do. I know what it's like to feel that, that separation, that loneliness. And again, it's okay to feel that. It's all right. I didn't put this in the scriptures, but let me take you back even a little bit before the um, the cross. Let's go to the Garden of Gethsemane with just a moment before we get on to the tomb. Yes, I went to the cross first because to me, the cross is the most important. Sunrise, beautiful. Love getting up early in the morning watching the sunrise services. I love getting up and watching the sun rise in the mornings. It doesn't matter if it's Easter or if it's you know, Saturday, June the 21st, it doesn't bother me. I love getting up. This is my time of day. But let's go to the Garden of Gethsemane. Now, Christ knew what was about to take place. He knew he was about to be betrayed. And I think it's the book of Luke. Could be wrong. Didn't, didn't look at this before I started this program. He failed and cried out, Father, if there's any way for this cup to pass from me, anyway, he knew that he was about to be betrayed by one of his best friends. He knew he was about to be 
taken to the cross. He knew he was about to be beaten. He knew he was about to be tortured. If there's any way that this cup can pass from me. So in this moment, Christ, he felt the separation. And physically, he felt the separation in uh, Matthew on the cross. But I think spiritually in the Garden of Gethsemane, he, he felt that loneliness. He felt that problem, the overpressing burdens. He said, let this cup pass from me. I don't want to go through this. But then he said, but not my will, but thine be done. Not mine will, but thine be done. It's okay to feel the dejection. It's okay to feel the loneliness. But you can't stay there. You have to get up. You have to shake off Satan. Because that's who's putting this dejection, this feeling of, oh, you blew it. You went too far. And to the, to the ones that are not saved, if you're watching, you've not went too far. God is there waiting on you to cry out just as he was there with Peter as Peter took his eyes off of Jesus walking on the water. Peter and Jesus was both walking on the water. And Peter took his eyes off and he started to sink. He didn't sink. He started to sink. And God, he cried out, Jesus saved me. And Jesus was immediately there, reached down, picked up Peter, and they went to the boat. So you've, gotten, you've not went too far. All you got to do is reach out. Cry out to the Heavenly Father. Cry out to the Heavenly Father. And he'll be there. We know what happens on the cross. He gave up the ghost, as it says in Luke 23 and 46. And he was put in a borrowed tomb. Three days later, and he told them, he said, destroy this temple. Three days I will raise it back up. Well, they didn't understand what that meant. Mary Magdalene went to the tomb that morning, early that morning. Scripture says in Mark 16 and verse 9, Now when Jesus was risen early, the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. Okay, I'm, I'm going to say something. It irritates me uh, to hear this. Nowhere in Scriptures does it say that Mary Magdalene was a prostitute. Nowhere. So get that thought out of your head. Whether she was or wasn't, we don't know. But we cannot condemn her for something we don't know. But she went to the tomb early in the morning. It was still dark. It was right before sunrise. And she's there at the mouth of the tomb. She doesn't understand any of those things. Let me ask you something. Do you understand what's going on in the world? If you do, please call me, because I sure don't. Not even with this virus. I just don't understand what's going on in the world. But she stood at the tomb, John verse tw uh, chapter 20, verses 11 through 16. But Mary stood without at the sepulcher weeping. She was heartbroken. She was devastated. And as she wept, she stooped down and she looked into the sepulcher. She was standing at the tomb at the grave of a loved one. We've all been there. We all know that feeling. 
how will I carry on? They've taken my loved one. They've taken my dad. They've taken my mom. They've taken my husband. They've taken my wife. They've taken my child, my grandchild. She stood without at the sepulcher weeping. And it's okay to stand at the grave of a loved one and cry. It's perfectly okay. Because you see, we miss them. There's, there's a void that will never be filled. But see, the God that I serve is the God that can fill that void, can give you that comfort, that peace, beyond all comfort and beyond all peace. She stooped down. She looked into the sepulcher and seeing two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. She looks in, she does not see what she expected. She expected to see Jesus. She doesn't see the body of Jesus. She sees two angels dressed in white. Now, I mentioned my oldest brother, my only brother, scaring me as a child and, and you know, me not being scared much. <laughs> you let two angels appear to me, this old country boy's gonna turn like stone. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. Note the words, they've taken away my Lord. It's personal with her. It was very personal. Is God personal to you? Is Jesus personal to you? Is he your Lord? Is he your Savior? Is he your Jesus? And when she had thus said, she turned herself back and saw Jesus standing and knew not that it was Jesus. Her eyes, spiritual eyes, wasn't open to the fact that Jesus is standing there. Her heart's broken. There's no way she can comprehend in her mind and in her heart that this is Jesus standing here. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? See, the same question that the angels ask. Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou have borne him hence, Tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Sir, if you've moved his body, let me know where he's at. I need to prepare his body for the grave. That's why she was there. She and some others had come with spices to prepare his body. She did not know she was looking at the risen Savior. Until... Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. She recognized his voice when she called, or when he called her name. Christ this morning, as the sun is rising over my shoulders, and there are a lot of trees by Gersey. You probably won't get to see the sunrise, right? But you will see that it's already getting light out here. Jesus calling your name. No matter where you're at, 
this morning. Jesus is calling your name. No matter who you are, Jesus is calling your name. He said his sheep will recognize his voice. He's calling our names. No matter where you're at, no matter what problems you're going through, no matter what the situation you're dealing with, Jesus is calling your name. He knows you personally. He's calling your name. Just as he called Mary, he knew her. He knew her. He knew her. And he called out her name, and she recognized his voice. And all of the, the troubles, and all of the cares, and all of the problems, and all of the worry, and all of the, that peace that, come, that passeth all understanding just enveloped her. She recognized his voice. So yes, we are going through some issues here in the United States and around the world. But children, have no fear. God has called our voice, or called our name, with his voice. And we should recognize his voice. And we should run to him like we would run to our father or to our mother. When we was little children, you know, things would bother us and we would run to the comfort of our parents' arms. We can still do that this morning. Yes, this is a little unusual. But you know, I serve an unusual God. I serve a God that loves me no matter what. And he forgives me. I serve a God that's preparing a way and preparing a house for me. And one of these days, he's going to come back just as the sun has risen over me. Just as the birds have been singing all this time we've been out here. We serve a risen Savior. And he's coming back. And he's unusual. All the other gods in this world, they're still in their graves. But our God, he's alive. He's very much alive. This morning, he's as alive as he was yesterday, as he was 2,000 years ago. He is alive. And he's still on his throne. Jesus saith unto her, you can insert your name here. Oh, wait. I know, the Bible says don't take away or add to. I think it's okay to insert your name here. I really do. So Jesus saith unto him, Robert, now it's up to me to turn and say, Master. It's up to me to be the one that runs to Christ, falls down at his feet and worships him. Yes, it is beautiful that there is an Easter sunrise, but the beauty happened on the cross three days earlier at the shedding of his blood for the remission of my sin. And this is just the icing on the cake, if you'll let me use that expression. This is just the beauty that three days later he gets up, he walks away. One of these days, he's going to come and get us. He's going to come and resurrect us out of this place and we'll get to go live with him in heaven that's a beautiful thought on this cool crisp easter morning i will leave you with that thought <laughs>
one of these days, it's our resurrection. Spiritually, today can be our resurrection, but physically, one of these days in the future will be our resurrection. But if you do not know Jesus, if you do not know the Lord, if you do not know God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost, I highly, highly recommend and highly suggest that this day is the day. I encourage you to seek His face in all matters. And don't get beating yourself up. Just stop beating yourself up when you feel like God is not there. As I said, I know what it's like. I've been there recently, as a matter of fact, where you just don't know. But I'm here to tell you that God is very much still there. And he's still very much able to do what we ask and more than we can ask. Let's go to the Lord in ending in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you this day, God. We thank you for your many blessings upon our life, Lord, for allowing us the opportunity to come into your house, Lord, your place of worship, Lord, wherever that may be. Lord, if it's the front yard or if it's the front room or if it's the sanctuary, God, of a church, we ask, Lord, that you'll move, that you'll touch, that you'll lift up each and every one. Lord, that you'll bless in a mighty and in a special way, Lord, that you'll stretch forth your hand, Lord, on each and every heart, each and every life. Lord, we ask this in Jesus' sweet and holy name. Amen. Until we can meet again, which... If you want to join me, I'm going to be doing a Bible study on Amos in um, about two and a half hours, Facebook Live. But until we can meet again in person, God bless.